Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Hi, this is Tim, and welcome to Kids Just Want to Have Fun. There's no jokes this week. Let's just get right down to the fluff of cotton candy and is a sugary treat that was created first by a dentist. Yes, a dentist. It almost makes us want to abandon cotton candy completely because how could a dentist create something so delicious and teeth rotting? I mean, isn't sugar supposed to be the arch nemesis of a dentist? But anyway, in 1897, a dentist named William Morrison joined forces with a confectioner named John Wharton to invent a machine that easily spun hot sugar and created what we know today as cotton candy. Even with the invention of a machine that made the making of spun sugar easier, it took almost seven years for Morrison and Wharton to share their new machine with the world. In 1904, the public was stunned as a sugary treat was officially presented at the most popular fair of the century, the St. Louis World's Fair. It literally hosted 20 million guests, and most of them were intrigued by fairy floss. Yes, that's what the inventors called it, fairy floss, and it was priced at 25 cents. Now, to everyone's surprise, Morrison and Wharton continued to sell cotton candy the whole time the fair was going on, which lasted roughly eight months. By the end, 68,000 boxes of it had been sold. Morrison and Wharton made a whopping $17,000 for the whole affair, which might seem a little bit unimpressive, until you learn that it would be about a half a million dollars in today's economy. Certainly a, a step up from a dentist's salary, right? Well, after selling 68,655 boxes to be exact of the fluff stuff, with great success, both of these inventors didn't just call it a day. Oh no, they kept selling the fairy floss and marketed their machine in newspapers. They did reduce the price to 10 cents a box and even offered to send people machines for a small price through their distributor called Electric Candy Company. The cotton candy machines took off in America. They immediately filed a patent protection of the device, which means no one else could manufacture and sell cotton candy machines without adding the Morrison and Wharton name. And of course, the electric candy company profits increased overnight. This patent lasted a long time, which no one could change fairy floss all that much. Competitors were allowed into the market 25 years after the invention. New competitors brought new changes to the sweet world of fairy floss. In 1921, another dentist, Joseph Lacaw, thought, why not try my luck in the teeth rotting business? So he created a cotton candy machine that was quite similar in design to the original invention. But he didn't associate himself with the Morrison Wharton name. 
so he marketed his fairy floss as cotton candy because the candy reminded him of the cotton grown in his state of Louisiana where he lived. Plus, the cotton candy is almost 70% air, having nearly no weight at all. Lacau definitely got the credit he deserved for coming up with the name, but sadly, he never made it big in the candy business. The Roaring Twenties were quite important in cotton candy history because almost everyone ditched the name of Fairy Floss and embraced the modern name Cotton Candy. This cultural shift was obviously one of the major changes that was brought by the Roaring Twenties. Lacau coined the name Cotton Candy and it stuck with the world. Well, except for Australia, of course. You know, it wouldn't be Australia if they didn't move in the opposite direction. In 1949, another major change came about when a bigger company came along and decided to make some changes that were much needed and adjustments to the distribution of cotton candy. This company was called Gold Metal Products based in Ohio. It simply wanted to fix the original design created by Morrison and Wharton. It was pretty noisy and weird looking. Plus, it broke down a lot. Now, Gold Metal Products added a revolutionary part in the machine called a spring-loaded base, which made the rotating part of the machine more stable and increased its lifetime use, breaking down less often and improving the production in the process. By now, the new machine was not only better, but fully operational and automated. It even put cotton candy in little baggies without a single human hand to help out. Once the 1970s hit, more innovations occurred, enabling cotton candy machines to be constructed in every form and size and some of the smallest cotton candy machines can now be easily kept on your kitchen counter. Decades later, cotton candy was sold in its signature pink and blue color. Now, since then, of course, cotton candy has not only branched out in alternate colors, but in flavor too. Today, it's made in various flavors ranging from dill pickles to spicy jalapeno to every other weird thing you can think of. Another evolution that a lot of people have taken interest in is putting cotton candy in mashup desserts started using cotton candy as a base to make tons of treats. Treats like marshmallows, pancakes, ice cream, and even cotton candy pizza. With such potential to use cotton candy in various food, who knows what else is in store for us when the next cotton candy invention comes around to shake up the sugar world. Well, that's it for this week. Until next time, remember to smile, because everyone likes them. If you want a huge selection of audio drama, some of the newest ones out there as they come out, then do find Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network, which is the new home of the Sonic Society, the world's longest-running, largest showcase of modern audio drama. You can find us on the Sunday Showcase feed, or if you want to hear all of the day's worth of audio, then you can find it on the main Mutual Audio Network feed, wherever you get your podcasts. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.